Welcome back to the We Are Woke Podcast, the realest podcast out the Midwest. I'm your host, Demetrius. And first off, I just want to thank everybody for tuning in to this week's episode. Um, If you haven't already, like, share, subscribe to the YouTube channel. I'm also on Apple and Spotify and recently just got back on iHeartRadio. So on all your top major platforms. I want to get into a lot of topics I got for this week. Um, the, as you know, the NBA Conference Championship has been going on. We're going to get into a little bit of that. We're going to talk about this shooting in Texas at the elementary school. We're going to talk about a couple TV, well, one of the TV shows I saw over the last week or so. And just, just a few more topics I want to get into. But as I always do, I want to start it off with the quote of the day. And the quote of the day is, the more you can take care of yourself, the more you can take care of others. And this is something that it stood out to me when I seen this quote pop up on on my IG earlier today. And it, it got me thinking that like we are I mean, we all victims of this. I, I can't say everybody, but a lot of us have been. I know I've been a bit uh, of. I've been a victim of this as well, just by not being at a to focus on the things I need to take care of before I start trying to help everybody else. I'm so quick to, at times, I could be going through shit or need things done. I'm I'm quick to drop my shit to try to take care of somebody else. It's just like, not just family-wise, but like, it, like I said, this can relate to like a job or anything. Like You got to make sure you good on yourself, you taking care of yourself before you can um like extend your hand to everybody else. And that's not being an asshole. That's just being real. Like, that's just something that we have to do as humans because when you think about it, when you when you view other people's, you have to see, like, most most people don't reach out and do for you first, you know. Usually you have to do them a favor. So just keep that in mind to um, take care of yourself before you try to take care of other people. Like I said, man, it's um it, it's, it's a gift and a curse, but at some point you got to take care of yourself. I want to get right into some sports, man. The, tonight we got a a big night with sports. Um, possibly a go home game. A winner was already a winner go home situation for the team I'm gonna talk about. But I, I just want to start off top of the two teams that's well the four teams remaining left in the the playoffs right now. Miami and Boston. That series is three to two right now. This series has, like I said, it's, it's came down to a lot of just key injuries, and it's, it's fucking up the flow for both teams. But somehow, some way, Boston has taken advantage of this series and had the, the less amount of um, injuries. Recently, Miami was up. Was Miami was up 2-0? No. Yeah, Miami was up 2-0. Boston came back and won a two at home. Well, they they both won a game at each other's home. And then uh Boston ended up beating Miami. But I think one of the key reasons why this series is going the way it is, not just because well, first of all, I think Boston has the better overall team. But if you know the Miami Heat, the main player on that team is Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler has been battling injuries all year, I'm pretty sure of, but recently had some knee issues. And you can see by just watching the game, the little mid-range jumpers he got, even like any of his jumpers are playing defense. People have been blowing by him. He's He's been on Tatum a lot. Tatum has been having his way with him. Um, 
And uh, Jimmy just saying he don't look right on that knee trying to he, – he can't get the, the height of his shot, if you know what I'm saying. Like, he, he jumps pretty high on his on his shots that he takes. And um, he, he hasn't been able to get off that knee. So, he's been having some horrible nights. These last three games, I want to say he hasn't even made five field goals. He's been like three for four – I mean, three for 14, five for 18, uh, and four for 15, some shit like that. But – He's been shooting pretty bad, and his defense has just disappeared with the injuries. Jimmy is a tough guy. I, I know he's a leader of this team. He he doesn't believe in quitting, so it's like it look, just looks like he's just pushing through this. So I salute him for that. But um, it's not it's not gonna be enough. They go back to Boston tomorrow night, Friday night, and I I feel like Boston's gonna get rid of him at home. So this series could have been a lot better without injuries, but it's a part of the game. So. It's, it's looking like Boston going to finish them off tomorrow, and that'll be um, out of six. I want to say I'm pretty sure I said that Boston will win this series, but I thought it was going to go seven. I was hoping for it to go seven. Um, so, yeah, salute to Boston. They, they've been without a couple of key players. Marcus Smart keeps getting injured. He's been playing hurt as well. Also, I want to say with Miami, Another thing that's been um, – Hero didn't play last night, so that's another key player. The six-man of the year um, type of player wasn't able to play this year or play this last game, a key game. And then Kyle Lowry has came back from injury, and that motherfucker was like 0 for 6 the other night. So he, he's just been a – he's been a wash out there. He hasn't been able to do much. So, yeah, it looked like Boston going to shut them out tonight. The other game we got is uh, Dallas and Golden State. Golden State went up 3-0, and Dallas just showed some heart the other night, and they, they end up winning the game. So it's 3-1. Going back to uh, Golden State, um, with this series, it's, it's pretty much over with. Dallas hasn't looked good at all in Golden State. So Golden State has been doing a great job of defending home, so I feel like Dallas is going most likely to get put out tonight. Now, some people have been saying like how over the last couple of years that the NBA is rigged. They try to draw these playoffs off just to get a boost in the ratings. As that brings in more money for them and stuff. I, I don't see it that way. I just think Golden State is the better team. Dallas clearly needs a, a second player, a second or third option. Bronson has did a good job at filling in. But um, I think a main, the main thing out this uh, Dallas situation is Tim Hardaway Jr. hasn't been playing for the later half of the season. He hasn't – I don't recall him playing in the playoffs at all yet. So that that's a key injury that, um, that's that uh, been a lot of Lucas help this year. So I, I'm going to say that Golden State going to go ahead and put them out tonight. So next week we should be in – yeah, next Thursday is the NBA Finals. So it's looking like it's going to be Boston and Golden State. We'll see how that works out. If possible, if Dallas was to win tonight, if if they were possibly able to win tonight, they would be going back to Dallas to play game six. And with the momentum of winning two in a row off Golden State, that, that can push this to a game seven. This is something that we've never seen before. I want to say nobody's ever came back from being three down 3-0. Three and nobody, yeah, nobody's been able to win four games in a row. I don't even think anybody's been able to – Tie it up 3-3 after being down 3-0. So, uh, I must say that Golden State wins this one. So, next Thursday, it's going to be looking like Boston, Golden State. 
I'll give my prediction on that if that's that's what happened. Most likely it will. So that is that. I think that's it. That's all I had about the um, the NBA is the um, the championship games. Like I said we're getting into the finals next week. Um, boxing over the week. David Benavidez versus David Lumos. This was a a solid fight, a damn quick fight, and it just showed Benavidez just this is displaying how good of a boxer he actually is at that one sixty eight. David um Luma Lumix just he he just got his ass whooped from the time that the bell started to the the final blows in the third round. This one didn't even go didn't even make it halfway through the through the twelve rounds. I want to say the first round, Benavidez did a good job of using his jab, using the, the reach that he had on um, Luma, and he just he he beat his ass. He he had him bloodied in the first round. He he caught him coming in and almost dropped him dropped him to the ropes um, in the first round. Second round, Benavidez came out there, whooped his ass up some more, and then the third round. The, I want to say he dropped him in the second round. The third round, he just beat on him and dropped him, and the ref was just like, fuck it, this fight over with. So salute to him for even taking the fight. Like um, Benavidez said in the interview, he was just happy that somebody took the fight. He, he was the only one that had balls in their division. He said he's been calling out the Charlo brother. I, I want to say that's Jamel that he's been calling out. They've been having beef. Uh, you can see at some of the, the latest boxing matches at the Ugas and um, – Spence fight, those were the two that was arguing in the crowd. If you watch that, you seen all the commotion going on in the crowd. That was them two motherfuckers. They've been going at it for like the last two, three years, but they ain't set the fight up. I want to say the last two years. Um, who else did he call? He called out Canelo. He called out Triple G. He called out all the big dogs, man. I want to say Demetrius uh, Boo Boo Andrade or something like that. He, he called out all the big dogs. He said he won't smoke with all of them. He said all of them some bitches. He said he gonna knock all their ass out. So, any fight, any of those names I just said, Benavidez. Oh, and he called out Caleb. Caleb Plant. I think Caleb Plant is gonna be the one to step step up to him, and gonna get his damn block knocked off. But um, yeah, Benavidez did a great job. Um, he, he's definitely somebody that I can see being undisputed champ one day. But like like I, as you know, Canelo got some of those belts, so that he'll have to set up that super fight. Uh, what else did we have? The Dubai fights. I forgot all about this shit. Just I'm not because I'm not a Floyd fan, but it's just like with him being retired, I don't look forward to none of his fights unless it's like a big name that I feel like it'll be a solid match. In this fight, he fought some dude that was what's his? This dude was like sixteen and zero or some shit. Some black dude that he trains with, and they they did a fight in Dubai, and um on that that card. They had Anderson Silva. He had a match. He dropped. He dropped his opponent at some point in the fight and won unanimous decision. Badu Jack is under Floyd Mayweather's uh, promotion. He won. He. I want to say no. He just. Yeah, he just won a unanimous too. And then with the Floyd fight, Floyd pretty much was just playing with this dude. They looked like a little sparring session. At some point. Buddy fucked around and caught Floyd in the lip. I want to say like the fifth or sixth round. This was only an eight-round fight, exhibition fight. Around the fifth or sixth round, he ended up punching him in the lip. And you can see Floyd get mad. And he just got the just got the beating on this dude. What 
pissed me off about this fight was with this being an eight round fight in the seventh round, Mayweather being Mayweather, he you know how like the, the ring the ring card girls walk around the ring, he grabs it from her, well she like let him use it. He walks around there with the round seven sign, just walks around like a fucking ring girl. And it was like you being now you being disrespectful, man. First of all, you whooping my ass. Then you you got the nerves to walk around the damn ring with the fucking ring car like like I'm a bitch. So I mean it ain't it ain't helped buddy none. He's he still got his ass whooped. But it was like I said, I just found it corny. I feel like Floyd just he's he's one of those type of guys that just can't give up a sport that they dominated in, which makes sense. But at some point it's like, dog, you you'll be in your fifties soon. Just just sit down, man. Let these young boys, these young dudes on your your team, elevate them. You use a you almost a billionaire. You need to be elevating them, pushing their fights more instead of trying to steal the spotlight. Because one of the issues that happened a couple months ago was he announced this fight, and it was on the same day that um Tank Davis was fighting. So um I think that that's part of the reason we'll get into that in a second. That um Tank is stepping away from. Uh, Floyd's team, and he wants to be his own man, but we'll get into that in a second. Um, yeah, the Floyd fight, I mean, I guess it was cool just to see him back in the ring, but it he, he whooped dude ass every single round. It was a flawless victory, so salute to Floyd, bitch ass, I guess. Um, as far as fights this week, we got um, the in the main event on Showtime, Tank Davis versus Raleigh Romero, but before I get into that, the co-main event is Gary O'Sullivan versus Laura. And now Laura is one of the fighters of Falk, uh, Fl- not Floyd, Canelo some years back. And they felt like that was the first loss he was supposed to take was to um, him. But that ended up being a draw. I guess they didn't want to get a fight to um, Laura, Laura. So they end up, it ended up being a draw. They never ran that fight back. But um, he he's on the the co-main event, so maybe he before he retires, he's he's up there in age. He might get another fight in with Canelo. A couple years ago, he got to fight Canelo, brother. He whooped his ass probably like in one or two rounds, and I think he whooped his ass pretty good because he he wants the brother so bad. He wants to fight Canelo again. But um, yeah, just let's speak on this main event. We got Tank Davis at twenty six and zero with twenty four knockouts versus Roley Romero. And he is 14 and 0 with 12 knockouts. I just want to give a prediction on this fight. I just watched a little bit of the, the end of the, the highlights, um, the press conference and shit. R- Roley is one of those dudes that, yeah, he's number one. He's ranked number one for one of Tank's belt, but he's just a shit talker. He got like a little squeaky voice like Adrian Broner. And um, he, he just, he's a shit talker. Tank is more, Tank don't really do too much talking. If he do, is it just some quick shit like man? I'm I'm gonna fuck your ass up. But he's he's not really a shit talker. He's not that type of guy. He ain't got the the mouthpiece on him when it comes to boxing. Pause on um speak, speaking crazy like the hype of fight up. But uh, Ro- I will say Roly Romero he has won the round as far as trash talking. So that might be the only round he wins when it comes to this fight. Roly Romero has not fought. Anybody that I can name of, like you can't even say that somebody he's fought is an honorable mention, and like that whole weight to his name. None of the fighters that he's fought, he's fought a couple people that in debuts, um, some that's under five hundred as far as record go. I think he only fought like two or three people 
that got a winning record. So that says a lot. And if you can't identify anybody, any of his opponents, then you just that just shows you that he he's had an easy climb to get to the number one contender spot. But I think with him building his resume up, having twelve knockouts out of fourteen fights, that makes him look like he like he's doing something. Um, Tank, on the other hand, has put down some solid people. He he just had he just coming off of a, a tough fight versus um, Pitbull Cruz. That that was a a pretty good fight, as some say that um, Cruz pushed him to the pushed him to the limit. He didn't look prepared for that fight, but he wasn't prepared to take no no, no punches. And um, Cruz put the pressure on him, but it was it was a, a legit fight. Prior before that, he knocked out Leo Santa Cruz. Now anybody that knows Santa Cruz, he's not the type that gets knocked the fuck out. Tank caught him with a mean uppercut. Put him out cold. The motherfucker woke up smiling like not knowing what the fuck happened. So just to give a prediction on this fight, I think that this fight will not go the distance. I don't see this fight going longer than five rounds. And the only reason I say this is because I believe Tank knows he can hurt Romero, but he's going to he's gonna have his way with him. The first two or maybe the first two rounds, it won't be enough action because Romero's going to be scared to throw punches and Tank is not going to be... He he don't want to just knock him out and get out of there. I think he wants to embarrass this dude. So if anything, this fight is gonna go about five or six rounds. If it goes that even goes that long, it will be Tank just tearing up the body shots. He he want to make this dude quit, but I think he gonna wear him down with the body shots so he can't run around the ring too much. And that's what he gonna get in close on him and get him in the corner and knock his ass out. Same way he did Santa Cruz. So. I'm going to say for my prediction, final prediction for this fight, I'm going to say Tank Davis by knockout round five or six. I'm, I'm going to leave it open for two rounds. I'm going to have to do it that way. But um, it, it's going to be a knockout that it's going to be one of those viral knockouts. I'm, I'm going to leave it at that. I feel like Dave, Tank Davis is one of the best out pound for pound. You can put him in the top ten. If all these um, knockouts he's been putting together, the the talent wise, he's he's fought some solid fighters in the top of that division. So I'm going with Tank this week. I'm gonna say round five or six by knockout. The last thing I wanted to say about um, boxing was Canelo announced that he will be stepping away from the immediate rematch with uh, Dimitri Bivol, and instead in September he is going he's going to sign off on this trilogy fight with Triple G. Now, if y'all have followed, for the boxing fans that have followed um, this this rival, round, um, what was this, around, what was this, 2022, I'll say about 2016, 17, they had their first fight. Triple G was on a tear, undefeated, and Canelo was, he was, no, he wasn't undefeated. He just had, the only loss on his belt was um, against Floyd. And um, the first fight was a, it was a battle it ended up being a draw. Now, some people say that Triple G won this fight. Just from watching that fight, I remember thinking Triple G was up on the scorecard because he was more active. Canelo got the like running away from him towards the end of the fight, and it it just made Triple G wasn't able to get no punches off. So it's like they made it like an even round, pretty much, or just start handing out the the round to whoever was most active or got the most punches off. Um, when they did it, when they ran it back a year later, Canelo got the best of Triple G. I can say that. 
And it seems like he got up early on the scorecard in those last couple rounds. Triple G was ready to fight, but Canelo got the backing off on him again like he did in the first fight. But this time he was able to land some counter punches when they when Triple G did get in close on him. And he was able to dodge some some big punches that was coming his way. So with it being a a trilogy, it makes sense this should settle it, settle it all. I don't know who I want to go for on this fight. I really, I want to say Triple G, but he's up there in age now. And I feel like with Canelo at where he's at in his career, he's in his prime. He's coming off a loss against Bibble, but that was him going up and wait, smelling himself, thinking he could beat everybody. So I, I'm going to say Canelo going to win this fight. I won't, it won't be an easy fight, but it's going to be action-packed. It'll probably go the distance. I can't see Triple G being knocked out. He's never been knocked out in his career Neither has Canelo, so I don't think we'll have a, a knockout with this fight. I don't even think we'll have a knockdown, but it, it'll be a nice Mexican-style boxing, how it should be. So, um, yeah, that, they, they scheduled that fight for September, meaning that after that fight, Canelo end up fighting Bivol sometime next year. So that's something to look forward to um, later on this year with as far as with boxing with Canelo. Um Moving along, I want to get into some NFL news that we got over the weekend. Well, actually over the last couple of days. And that's Colin Kaepernick has finally got uh, a workout with an NFL team since 2017. He was able to try out for a team back then. Things didn't go so well. This is a, his official workout being for the NFL. And he did that earlier today. I was reading up on a little bit of it. They said he looked solid out there. And he he worked out for the Las Vegas Raiders. Now, with the Raiders, they have their their main their starting quarterback is David Carr or Derek Carr. David. Derek Carr. Derek Carr is their starting quarterback. He has been, I won't, I mean, you can I, obviously you can say he's like a top 15, top 15 quarterback. So Colin Kaepernick's not going to beat him out. But I do feel like Colin, after all this shit that's been going on, he, he deserves at least a second to to be the second, the backup. And the reason why I say that is just based off his numbers. Now, I know he's been away from the game. He hasn't played in the NFL for about five years. So that'd be tough. But with these workouts, if he's looking solid, he's looking better than the backups that they already got. Give a man a chance. I already gave him a workout. But I just wanted to break, just say, mention some of his stats to show that I, I feel like he at least deserves to be a, a, a backup quarterback in somebody for somebody's team. And um, so since coming into the league, Kaepernick has seventy-two touchdowns to thirty interceptions. That's that's a pretty good ratio to be over five hundred on the the other side. Like you doubled your touchdown as many touch, um, interceptions you thrown, pretty much. Um, he has thrown for 12,000 yards. The only thing bad about it was his um, his starting record, and that is his starting record is 28-30, and 30, just two games under. But like I said, you can't really – when it comes to quarterback, you can't blame every loss on the quarterback. Like, you know, some games it could be the defense fault. Some games it could be the running back dropping the ball too much or the receivers. But overall, it's it usually comes back to the quarterback, so I guess I can't say that. But – um. Yeah, 20, 28 and 30, close to 500, not over 500. And what's some other stats? He was um, a pro bowler a couple years. 
He took the 49ers to the Super Bowl that year that they played the Ravens and lost. And then the follow-up year, he made it to the NFC Championship and he ended up losing to Seattle. Seattle ended up going to the Super Bowl that year. So I think that Colin has a, a, a solid career. But the only the downfall for him was definitely to me was this um, kneeling for the uh, national anthem. Once he did that, I, I feel like most of the league started blackballing because that the the national anthem is part of every big event. For him to bring attention to that, they took it as he was being an asshole, but he was really just raising raising the eyebrows to the people that need to be. He did it on a big platform. These people didn't like it, and they made him suffer by saying, we're not going to sign you back. But if you look around, it's 32 teams in the league, meaning you got 64 quarterbacks. Actually, it's like almost 100 quarterbacks because majority teams got up to three quarterbacks. You got three quarterbacks. That third quarterback is usually a scouting quarterback. They they are saying with those numbers, 12,000 yards, 72 touchdowns, 30 interceptions, 28 and 30 on an overall record. They are saying that that's not even good enough to be a backup job. And I just, I call bullshit on it. I, I just honestly believe it comes back to that anthem thing. And for those that was following it, it, it just makes sense. We we don't want anybody in the league that's not going to follow the directions. Um, I don't know if that's in their contract that you have to stand for the national anthem. I'm pretty sure it's not. But like I said, it was just a distraction a lot of shit was going on at the time that's been going on for years, and he brought attention to it, and they didn't. the NFL didn't like it. Now the Raiders are giving him a chance. It's like they've gotten over the fact that the shit happened five years ago. Um, who's to say that once he gets back in the league, he's going to steal Neil? They're not going to show it on TV as much as they was when the people, the players started kneeling. So that's just something that um, – We'll have to look forward and find out. Hopefully next week we'll hear the results on this um, workout. Maybe he'll get a second look and get a chance to be that backup quarterback. So I'm rooting for Colin to get back in the league because, like I said, it's, if anything, it's just giving him a chance. If it don't work out, cut the man. At least y'all gave him a fair chance. That's all that matters. He's not going to be starting. He's going to be a backup. They can use him in a wildcat. They can use him on option plays as a quarterback. Just, just certain shit. So we'll see if Colin gets a, a starting position, not a starting position, but an actual spot on this team, on the Raiders. So be looking forward to that, hearing some news on that later on in the week. The last thing I wanted to say on sports was with um, WWE. As you know, lately, the main guy in the uh, WWE has been Roman Reigns and the bloodline, the Usos, his cousins. They have had the tag team titles. Roman Reigns recently won both belts at WrestleMania, so he has the Universal and the, the World Heavyweight title. The Usos have been in a, a bitter rival with the RKO, with uh, Randy Orton and Matt Riddle. And what's been going on with that is they've been trying to figure out who's the, who's the best tag team. So finally, they got the match set up over the week, last Friday, and it came down to Roman Reigns running interference, pushing Matt Riddle off the top ropes or some shit like that. And the Usos being able to, to cash in on that and unify those tag team belts. So salute to the bloodline. 
they currently now have the tag team belts and the heavyweight belts, all the top belts. Now, as a wrestling fan, this sticks out to me is what are they gonna do now? Are y'all gonna are y'all gonna keep it as two two different brands, Raw and SmackDown, and you're gonna be defending both belts, or are y'all gonna unify the belt and just make this one solid heavyweight title in one uh division of the tag team? I think that would be better because it's so many tag teams and so many heavyweight guys that will be able to challenge the, the champ instead of having on two different brands. Because at some, at some point, they just need to bring WWE back together. Yes, have Raw and SmackDown, but have both of those brands fighting each other. And it, it gives more matches because if you look at Raw or SmackDown, they just recycle the same matches over and over. Once they get tired of doing it single matches, they'll fuck around and throw a triple threat match out there. So, um, salute to the bloodline, man. I, I like this new Roman. Since he's been back, he's been undefeated. Nobody's been fucking with him. And the Usos became a one of my favorite teams, just being the heel and riding with their cousin, having all the belts. So, that's all I got for sports this week. Um, let's take a quick break. <laughs> all right, let's get into some news. So, over the week, Walmart decided to come out what thought it would be a great idea to come out with some Juneteenth ice cream. So if you don't know what Juneteenth is, Juneteenth is now officially a holiday and it is celebrated for African-Americans in um, 1865. That was the last year that um, uh, slaves were officially freed or found out that they were free after the Emancipation Proclamation was signed in 1862. So down south, they didn't know that they were free yet. And they, they found out three years later that they've been free from slavery for three years. So anyways, Walmart decides to, you know what? Since it's the holiday now, I'm going to fuck with the ice cream. I don't, they yeah, they got some, they got some uh 4th of July popsicles out. They got, they probably got the ice cream too. But the Juneteenth ice cream, I just want to go over the fucking ingredients. I'm the the flavor it is like the shit is stupid. They have red velvet and cheesecake in the ice cream. So for for one, I don't understand how Juneteenth how how does that go into some fucking red velvet or cheesecake? Like black people don't even eat red velvet like that. What the fuck? I don't fuck with red velvet. Um, I think what pissed me off the most was the little R story on the ice cream, the great value ice cream at that. On on the front of it, it says, share and celebrate African-American culture, emancipation and enduring hope. That That's what the message is on the front of the ice cream. And what happened was Walmart ended up having to do a recall because they got a lot of backlash on it. A lot of people, African-Americans, was not fucking with this ice cream just for y'all to just come up with this bright idea that somebody wanted some fuck-ass ice cream named after a, a holiday that just just now been starting to be celebrated when it actually should have been a holiday years ago. Like I said, 1865 was when the last slaves were freed. If anything, this ice cream should have been created, but this was one of those holidays or actual days that... History has been hidden from us that if you don't do your your history lessons on it, you wouldn't even know that this existed. Only if you're around some people that actually look into like black history or whatever. 
But um, yeah, I wouldn't. I wasn't a fan of this with them coming out with this ice cream. I just don't understand the red, the red velvet and cheesecake. I just don't get that that type of blend for it to be ice cream and for them to think that this is what the fuck we want. If anything, African American equals black, right? For the most part, I mean that's that's what I was told. Um, chocolate, chocolate ice cream. Y'all could have did that. Um, I, I just don't get the red velvet. But anyways, Walmart decided to pull that shit off the shelf. Shelves. They apologize for the shit, as they should. Stop! stop this Walmart just got to stop coming up with stupid shit. I understand. Like now, they got the shirts on display, the tank tops, the shirts. That's cool because, like I said, when it comes to the Fourth of July, they usually shoot most of us shoot fireworks. Um, with this being a holiday now, I'm I'm starting to think that. They allow people to shoot fireworks as well since it's an official holiday, just like the Independence Day. But overall, I just think the ice cream was a dumb move for Walmart. The the shirts and stuff would sell because they they cheaper shirts for people to go grab and wear, take pictures on that holiday. That's something to celebrate that um, as far as African-Americans should be celebrating every year. We need to educate ourselves on our on our black history because black history is not taught that much these days. Um, just to go back to my childhood or just middle school, high school, I learned about minority history when I got to high school. As far as middle school and elementary, the only things we taught was Martin Luther King, Frederick Douglass a little bit. And that that's pretty much it. That's all you hear about black history. But you don't hear about the other heroes that we had back then. But this is the perfect time as we approach Juneteenth to look back on our history and just learn more every year. And so we can pass this information on to the next generation that had no clue about it. But yeah, I just wanted to speak on that um, dumbass ice cream Walmart decided to come up with. On another note, I, I wanted to, to speak on this elementary shooting that happened in Texas over the week. And um, last week I, I spoke on a shooting and like I said, this week it just popped up and this one was, it, it seemed way worse than what I spoke on last week. Last week, it was some elderly people that got gunned down in this Buffalo shooting. A lot of people lost their lives. But then this this week, we had an 18-year-old going to an elementary school and kill 19 kids, 19 children, and two teachers. And um, it's, it's, it's a sad story, man, that this shit is still happening. We got people having mass shootings all over the world. And I, I just wanted to speak on it for a minute just to um, just give you a little bit of insight on what I felt, what I feel needs to be done or as a community or as humans. What can we do different to avoid this shit? Because growing up, um, I'm trying to think like when, when you're going through childhood, you don't have bills. You don't have nothing to worry about. The only thing you have to do is get up in the morning when your mom and dad say get up, eat breakfast, sit around the house if you got to go to school or whatever. At the age of eight, nine, six, seven, eight, nine, at that age, you should not have to worry about any type of danger, facing any type of danger when you walk out your house to get on that little bitty bus to go to school. You learning about this world, what you you're about to be facing in life. You're learning the basic, the basic, um, basic courses, um, math, English, 
history, just small shit, you should not have to worry about somebody coming inside a school killing kids. And what stood out the most to me about this was they said the 18-year-old boy walked into the school. They said he walked like 20, 40 feet into the school and walked into a room and just started shooting kids. As he shot some kids, he moved, as he moved to the next room, it was a nine-year-old in there. And he walked up to the nine-year-old and told him, it's time to die and shot this kid, man. And it's, it's, it's sick. It's, it's fucked up that we have people in this world that are willing to give up on life and just say, fuck everybody else. Like even a fucking child, somebody that hasn't even experienced life yet. It's a sick fucking feeling, man. Um, also in the news earlier today, they mentioned one of the one of the teachers that died. She was trying to protect the um, the kids, and the shooter ended up shooting her as well and killing her. Her husband today, earlier today, had a heart attack. He couldn't get over the fact that his wife had just been gunned down, trying to save some kids. That he had a heart attack this morning, and like I said, it, it, it's a sad situation. What what the fuck can we do with there being gun laws in every state? A lot of states are open carry. You can walk around with a gun freely. Um, I'm. It should be some type of course or class that you need to take to even hold a gun or some shit like that. But this shit starts from home. I want to say that a 18 year old at that age, you should be learning out what the fuck you doing next in life. Are you going to college? Are you going to stick around and work a full-time job and help out around the house until you get on your own feet? Not at any point to on your mind be thinking about killing somebody, especially some kids, man. Like that That's what all this comes down to is this is the next generation that's growing up to, um, to come into this world that we live in. And at some point, they had to face reality, and it's sad that they have to face that shit. And they, they didn't even get to see to be a teenager, man, like... Six, seven, eight, nine-year-olds dying left and right from a dumbass that decided to walk in and kill some kids. Um, what I wanted to say was, what, what, what can like, what seriously can be done? What, what can people do? And a, a few things I, I wanted to say, just a few bulletins I, I came up with. A few things I thought about was, what, like, what can we do? Can we have security guards? At these schools, should we have security guards at every school? Should these windows on these schools be bulletproof? Like this, this is some shit that you expect for like a jail. Like jail should be a place where like people go and have to sit away from and be blocked off or barred, wired up so you can't get no escape out of. At a school, there should not be. You shouldn't have to have no security at the front door watching to make sure that nobody try to get in with a gun. Um, some, some A few things I would suggest is maybe we should go to having security guards. I feel like the military funds a lot of weapons, a lot of shit that we don't even need. Just being, a mili- being in the military, I feel like they waste a lot of money. They fund a lot of money to shit that we don't need, especially like when we're not at a wartime. We should have money. Somewhere that we should be able to fund the police, um, pay security guards, top-notch money to put their fucking life on the line and stand in front of these schools and make sure that these kids get their education without getting harmed. Like it, it shouldn't even have to come to that for somebody to be able to get into a get in there and 
and kill some kids or a teacher, man. Like it's fucked up. So um, yeah, I, I was just saying, like, what what can we do? Can we can there seriously is there a way that they can make a a law where it has to be or make it make it a rule that every school has some type of security that's willing to die for children that's inside this building trying to get their education. We should be able to do that. If we're able as the military able to go stand in other countries and make sure nobody gets into there or make sure nobody gets to the USA um, like a terrorist or anything, we should be able to have some security guards that's actually legit and know what the fuck they're doing and willing to, like I said, put their life on the line to watch over these kids. We we need that. We we need something to happen. Something has to change. Um, we we can't keep on hearing about these school violence. Like I said I just I just can't believe that it happened to some kids, man. I I really don't want to go into too much more about that, but I'm praying for those families that lost those those 19 kids and praying for the family that lost it with the two teachers involved. It's a sad case. Um, America as a whole just got to do better. We have to do better. Um, just raising our kids right and um, hoping that they don't grow up and turn into a fucking killer, man. That's that's what it comes down to. I don't know, like, with an 18-year-old, I said, I don't know if it's a point where they haven't... Oh, let me let me rewind. Before he even... I want to show you how sick this little bastard is. Before he even went to the school, he he was at home. He shot his grandma. So he shot his grandma, got into a truck, and tried to take off and he ended up wrecking his truck. He got out the truck that he wrecked with a gun and walked to the school and went in there and shot some people. So the full story hasn't developed yet. I'm not sure if he obviously he had some type of problem with his grandma that he was able to shoot her first and then leave to go kill some kids. I'm thinking like he just after he shot his grandma, he was seeing red and just said, fuck it, I'm about to go damage somebody else. Now I will say that this dude didn't walk out of the school. He ended up getting shot by one of the border patrol shooters. They said the police were they were afraid to go in the building at first because they was hearing gunshots. It was um some of the parents standing outside screaming, saying, like, hey, get in there, like it's some kids in there. And they hearing all the the pops going off and shit. And like I said, the police finally got in there, but luckily a border patrol Guy was able to get in there and um, shoot that 18-year-old boy. Well, 18-year-old man. That's he's. I mean, he's a teenager, but he's a grown-ass man when you turn 18. But, um, yeah, man, just praying for those families in Texas. I just I just wanted to speak on that. Um, praying that we can come up with some type of solution, that we can get some security around schools or just do a better job of policing our own and making sure that everybody right before they walk out that door and they're not – thinking about murdering, man, because I said it's, it's just fucked up that you go one week, you go from, you got people killing elderly people in the supermarket, just trying to get groceries. And then you fast forward a week later and you got somebody inside of an elementary school killing little kids, trying to get their education that haven't even lived their life yet. Not even a fucking half of their life, not even close to it, not 25% of their damn life, man. So, um, Rest in peace to those 19 kids. Rest in peace to those two teachers from, man, showing extreme bravery, trying to protect those kids from getting shot. But um, like I said, this young dude, 
had murder on his mind as he walked out the door shooting his grandma. He to start his day off by shooting his grandma, man. It's it's a fucked up situation. Um, yeah, man. It's I said it's fucked up. Let's let's get into a little bit of music. I, w- I wanted to speak on a little bit of music that um, I heard over the weekend, and that's um, my boy Pedro Giovanni. He's out of Detroit. I've been listening to him. I want to say my brother put me on him earlier last year, and I said he ain't been missing with the mixtapes he's been dropping, the tapes he been dropping. I don't know. I, I want to say this is his first album that's dropped recently. I don't know if it's his first album, but this one of his his albums that dropped this year. And that album is called, excuse me, Back to the Basics. Um, I just wanted to name a few songs on there that I like the most. And my favorite songs on there were Tommy Buns. He got one on there called Get Yours. And the other one is called Stay the Same. So those are my three favorite off the Payroll Giovanni um, album that just recently dropped. Again, that album is called Back to the Basics. Payroll Giovanni, if you haven't heard it yet, get on Spotify, Apple, whatever you listen to your music on, and um, check out that Back to the Basics. And other thing for um, the music was we have a Versus tonight. One of the, um, I said I'm 35. I heard a lot of the music. Back, like I grew up on 90s music, obviously. Um, I heard a lot of Tupac. Um, UGK, that was one of the groups. This this is a group battle. Um, UGK versus 8-Ball and MJG. That's the battle for the night starting at 8 p.m. If y'all haven't, make sure y'all tune in. It's going to be on Instagram. I think they'll be having it on YouTube as well. But um, I don't think this is not going to be a this verse is not going to be one of those battles. This is one of the OG battles that's going to be more of a, a celebration of both groups music. Now, with UGK, Pimp C died a couple years ago. And um, so it's, it's really two on one. But. I think they just, it's just going to be a big celebration. They got a lot of music with each other. Um, so it should be a good a good night for hip-hop for those that like um, like group the group rapping groups. So I'm definitely going to fuck with that. I think I'm going to watch that instead of the Dallas and Golden State because I think that, that match is going to be over early. If, I mean, Luke ain't going to be able to do it all tonight. So I said tune into the UGK versus 8-Ball MJG. Um, if they if they come out with the the list of like if they actually grade in this by who won the rounds, I'll talk about that on the next episode. But if not, like I said, I'm just tuning and just try to catch a vibe off the good music that they, they didn't um, drop before. Um, that's all I have for music. Getting into the TV shows. Um, over last week, I watched. Well, me and my girl been watching for the last week. We caught a couple episodes maybe a week or so ago, but um, it's on Netflix. It's called The Staircase. Now, on The Staircase, what this is about is it's a husband. I think his name is Michael Peterson or some shit like that. He he calls 911 saying that his wife was drunk and she fell down the stairs. So that's how it kicks off. When they do a pretty much when they do a body examine on, on her after she died, it said the exam came back and said that well the result yeah the results came back and said that it looked like she was struck with a weapon so with this this dad he he seemed like a straight edge dad a good dad so they they got a I don't think they got no kids together but he had kids in a prior um, relationship or two or maybe he do got a kid by them I'm I'm not sure on that but um some of the kids. 
find it hard to believe that the dad did it. So what the series is about, it's an eight-part series. It, it's pretty much them trying to find the evidence on who killed them. Like, it was only them in the house, the husband and his wife. And the kids, like I said, they just don't believe that the dad did it. So I'm looking forward to see what that's all about. But if you haven't seen The Staircases on Netflix, it seems like a a cool story. I've seen they got a the documentary on it because it's based on a true story. They got the actual docu documentary on it. So I'll, after this, I'm going to actually watch the other one and see how accurate it is to the um, the TV show that they based it on. Um, that's all I have for TV show Staircase on Netflix. After I finish that up, I'll give a review on it and um, let y'all know what I thought about it overall on um, the whole situation. Um, getting into the last two segments, the We Are Woke segment, I just want to speak on, I'm, I'm going to label the segment, Uniforms Don't Save You. And what I mean by that is, I said I, I was in the military, um, wearing a military uniform, it does something to you, it makes you feel like you're a superhero, that you're untouchable. And at times, you will forget that you can still get your ass whooped by anybody walking this fucking green earth. Um, same thing applies for like, for the incident I want to talk about is the, the incident that happened at the air, uh, airport incident that happened over the week that's been going, it, it went viral because it was crazy. They, the first they they showed like a 40 second video. Then they came out with the full video that was like a minute long. So I, I want to speak on the full video and what happened. So what happened was it was a cornerback that played, that used to play in the NFL, and he played for the Denver Broncos. Now, he's he's been away from football. He, he's been away from the NFL for a couple of years. Um, they didn't get all – they haven't got all the details, but what happened from as far as the video was the two the, – the United Airlines attendant um, employee was arguing with this guy. Uh, they, they were arguing about something, and out of nowhere, the – United Airlines employee smacks the counter the cornerback, but the cornerback smacked him right back. Like it was like a quick reflex. Like you smack me, bitch, I'm smacking you back. And after that, the cornerback tries to square. They they both square up with each other. Um, the cornerback throws two a two piece at him. He missed both punches. So at this point, then the United um, Airlines dude is feeling good. Like oh shit, this nigga can't fight. So he missed the first two punches. So dude get to smiling and all this. Walks up on him again. And again, the employee smacks the cornerback, smacks him in his face. And this this point, everybody's recording out there. So buddy say, yo, y'all, y'all see y'all see what happened? Boom. Soon that happened. He punched him. He he finally get his two punches off. He hit him two times. The first one make him stumble. He clearing with the right. The motherfucker flipped over. The reel in the back and fell right, like right on his ass on the the check in line. So, uh, yeah, yeah, the motherfucker fell, and once he got back up, he was leaking like bloody, leaking like a hog, man. And at that point, the fight was over with. That's when everybody started trying to break it up. Now, why I say you got to stop thinking that the uniform's gonna save you? Like, what I mean by that is like it can't save you from from an ass whooping. You don't like, especially being in the airport, you don't know what this person has been through. You don't know why they're taking a the flight. They could be going, this this person could be getting on a flight to go see 
somebody ain't seen in years. They was having a great day or maybe they, they just had a divorce. They having one of the worst days of their life. And y'all y'all get into it and you forget, you think, that, oh, just because I got on this this uniform that I can't get touched. Like, you can still get your ass whooped. The perfect example of what I'm trying to say is it was a time I recall back up in when I was in Japan back in 2000, 2017. And I was in Okinawa, Japan. And one of the biggest things that happened, well, one of the biggest things that we do in the um, Marines is we have a McMap. And that's um, martial arts training. So you can go up in belts. They got a gray, green, brown, black, and tan belt. It was two Marines that end up, they, they got to the third level. They was a green belt. So they go out on, on the night in town. They didn't have a uniform on, but pretty much just being labeled a military person, a, a Marine. They go out there. They got their shit on. They, they fuck around and wear their green belt out there. Like it's going to mean something in the real world. And some Japanese dudes end up whooping their ass. It was like, it was two against eight, but they got their ass whooped because they went out there thinking just because they was Marines that they could go around whooping people's ass just because they got a green belt. And like I said, that shit don't apply, man. You don't know what people got in their hands these days. You don't, you, you can think that you're the biggest and baddest, but it's always going to be somebody out there better. So I just want to say, stop thinking the uniform going to save you. Like the people like, if you work in the restaurant, the, um, the fast food industry, stop thinking just because you're in McDonald's drive-thru and you talking shit that you that a motherfucker can't walk up in there and whoop your ass or catch you on your little 15-minute break coming outside and whoop your ass. Like, you can still get your ass whooped. You could be having, yeah, like I said, man, uniform's not going to save you at the end of the day. But to get back to this, um, with this um, cornerback and this employee, fast forward to after the incident happened, like I said, the employee was bleeding pretty bad. They end up terminating him because pretty much working at an airport, you shouldn't, you shouldn't even get involved in fighting. I think that's something that they tell you there. Like, y'all have to find a way to you arguing with somebody about a flight or something like that, you should be able to to get away from that situation and not have to come to blows or whatever. And at this, like I said, this guy, this, I guess he felt like since he was at work that he was untouchable and he got touched the fuck up. So they end up firing him. The cornerback that I was speaking on, they end up arresting him for battery, trying to get him on a battery charge or something, but he was released on his name. So he got out of jail. I think he's going to fight the, the charge that they was trying to charge him with in the first place. So, yeah, like I said, man, stop thinking that you uh, big and bad just because you got a uniform on. At the end of the day, we all bleed the same and you can get your ass whooped by anybody walking on this earth. So, yeah, that's I'm going to leave it at that. Um, let's get up out of here with the top five. And just speaking on like I was saying with the. The verses tonight, I just wanted to say a couple of my favorite songs. I'll say my top five favorite songs with them combined. UGK, 8-Ball, UGK and 8-Ball and MJG. Um, a few songs I like by them. Just 8-Ball and MJG, I'm going to say they got a song called Don't Make. That was on one of them Diddy albums when they um, signed with Bad Boys. Um, they had a song called Pimpin' Don't Fail Me Now. And one of the other songs, one of the classic songs I just heard today for the first time after like years was um, Mr. Big. And um, that's like a sample off the, the Boondocks, the cartoon. So I was definitely fucking with that song as well.
said a classic. And um, two songs from UGK to to finish this top five off is um, uh, Big Pimpin'. I want to say the feature with, um, yeah, Big Pimpin', the Jay-Z song that had um, UGK on there, Pimp C and Bum B. I, that was my one of my favorite songs. But my overall favorite song by UGK is Swishers and Doja. So, like I said, salute to the OGs for the battle tonight. It should be a good one. Um, like Dre was saying earlier, hope these old niggas don't get out there fighting. I don't think they will. I think it's gonna it's gonna be dope just to hear um, Bun B. We'll both just have all three of them out there performing. But then just seeing, I want to see the crowd reaction when Pimp C verse get to coming on with a lot of shit. So. Salute to the OGs tonight, man. Hope they keep it clean. Um, I will get back to y'all next week. I want to thank y'all for tuning in. Like I said, if you haven't already, like, share, and subscribe to the YouTube channel. I am back on iHeartRadio. I'm on Apple and Spotify. You can follow me on Instagram at the We're Woke Podcast, um, YouTube, and Facebook at the uh, We're Woke Podcast. Again, I'm your host, Demetrius, with the We're Woke Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. Y'all have a good night. Stay safe and stay blessed. Appreciate y'all.